Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Boy, would MLK just love this news coming out of San Francisco, progressive San Francisco, a place that never had slaves or slave owners, a state that came relatively late in the continued growth and expansion of this great republic known as the United States of America. Doesn't matter that San Francisco was never a slave state. They have a reparations committee and they're proposing to pay longtime black residents at, at least 18 years of age $5 million and grant them total debt forgiveness for suffering decades of systemic repression. All right. This is what the proposed draft says. While neither San Francisco nor California formally adopted the institution of chattel slavery, the tenets of segregation, white supremacy, and systematic repression and exclusion of black people were codified through legal and extra-legal actions, social codes, and judicial enforcement. A lump sum payment would, be, would compensate the affected population for the decades of harms that they have experienced and will redress the economic and opportunity losses the black San Franciscans have endured collectively as a result of both intentional decisions and unintended harms perpetrated, perpetrated, perpetuated excuse me, by city policy. Even though San Francisco is and has been for decades now, probably the most progressive consistently city bending over backwards for blacks and African-Americans. I mean, I grew up in San Francisco. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, uh, but I went to UC Berkeley at 18. I spent my summers in San Francisco. My uncle lived there. So when I didn't have class, I spend a lot of time there skateboarding. Uh, and I, I had a job at, at Berkeley uh, commuting back and forth across the bay. And San Francisco was always a place where you felt like, at least I did, that people were bending over backwards not to offend you, to be nice to you, to be inclusive to you. It just seems strange that it would happen there. According to Fox News, the San Francisco's Reparation Committee has proposed paying each black longtime $5 million, uh, $5 million and to pretty much this is how, because even my dad called me jokingly, he says, James, I know, I know you're, I know we're not about handouts and that kind of stuff, but wouldn't it be funny if, <laughs> uh, to be eligible for the program, the applicant must be 18 years old, you know, cause at 18, you would have suffered decades of systemic racism. You have to have identified as black or African-American on public documents for at least 10 years. And you must prove at least two of eight additional criteria like being born in San Francisco between 1940 and 1996, have proof of residency for at least 13 years, or and personally, or and or personally, or the direct descendant of someone incarcerated by the failed war on drugs. Oh, I don't know. So perhaps uh, in a weird way, VP Harris, uh, when she was uh, in the area, this people did this people did some people a solid by throwing black men in jail for smoking marijuana. As part of the failed war on drugs, maybe some of those people or and or their progeny will have a chance to cash in. The plan also calls on the city to supplement lower income recipients' income to reflect the area median income of $97,000 annually for at least 250 years. 
nuttery craziness doesn't con uh, continues and doesn't abate. Just always something absolutely wacky. And to think that California used to be the wild, wild west. Okay, check this out. Let's talk about some more wokeness. Uh, many states like California and others are trying to ban the sale of new gas vehicles in the next seven to 10 years. Okay. But not in Wyoming. Republican Wyoming lawmakers on Friday have proposed a ban on the sale of electric vehicles by 2035. They're going the other way. Lawmakers from the Republican Party on Friday proposed a ban on the sale of electric vehicles by 2035. And they want to do this to protect the state's gas and oil industry. All right, before going any further, I realize I've got the wrong logo for this show. That's the logo for BCP Unfiltered, and this is Open Source News. Please like, share, and subscribe. Before I go on to the rest of that story, please let me tell you that episode 181 is up today. And I want everyone to get an idea of the kind of reporting we do on our other show called BCP Unfiltered. So do me a favor, go over and join our community for free over at therealbcp.com and you can watch episode 181. It's kind of gives you an idea of what I report on and what we do on the other channel because we can't do that here. And I'm not talking about, it's the same PG, PG PG-13 rated show we bring you here. It's just that we explore topics that are best left, not even mentioned on this platform. By the way, topics that other folks, because I see your comments, BCP, Tim Pool talks about this, or I saw this on, you know, Dave Rubin talking about it, or I've seen, and you know, if it's a leftist, it doesn't even count. Well, I've seen, uh, uh, what's his name? Dave Packus or something like that, Pacman or Parker. I've seen him talk about this on the left side, and the Young Turks, they talk about it. Yes, they do. But they are not a powerful black conservative voice. Tucker Carlson can get away with it because he's part of Fox News and has that all behind him. But me, man, they ticky-tack me. So that's about 7% of the topics that I can't touch on this platform. Just head over to therealbcp.com. Check out episode 181. It's non-exclusive. Locals is like a, is a social media like Facebook. So just you have to log in, create a free account, and you'll be able to see that over there. Uh, I've also uh, done that over at bcpextras.com. Check out 181 if you like it. Decide if you want to join our community and have access to my daily show called BCP Unfiltered. And by the way, welcome to this program, Open Source News. I am your host. My name is James, Black Conservative Patriot. Okay, let's get back to this nuttery before we get into some very interesting news about uh, President Trump and Don Jr.'s big plan. Here's The Hill reporting. A group of GOP Wyoming Lake State lawmakers want to end electric vehicle sales there by 2035, saying the, uh, saying the move will help safeguard the oil and gas industries. The measure introduced in the state legislature on Friday was sponsored by six state legislators who said that electric vehicles will hinder Wyoming's ability to trade with other states. The bill states that the citizens and industries would be encouraged not to purchase electric vehicles before the ban goes into effect. Quote, the proliferation of electric vehicles at the expense of gas-powered vehicles will have 
deleterious, I don't think I know that word, deleterious impacts, deleterious, deleterious impacts, I learned a new word today, on Wyoming's communities and will be detrimental to Wyoming's, Wyoming's economy and the ability for the country to efficiently engage in commerce. Let's see where that goes. That's a kind of a bold uh, move. I have another crazy woke MLK story. We'll get to that later in the episode. But talking about uh, law and what have you, I find this very interesting. AI, an AI robot lawyer will be able to defend traffic violators in court. I don't know if this is a publicity stunt or an attempt to expand their services, but do not pay, which is a service for fighting tickets. On their website says that they are uh, going to have AI, AI technology to help fight a traffic offender's ticket next month. Now, they haven't said what state or what place or what courtroom is going to take place, but how it's going to work is they are going to have someone uh, in court and the AI will run on a smartphone to listen to the court arguments and in real time uh, tell the defendant what they should say via headphones. Now, one of the challenges, of course, they're going to have with this technology is that many courtrooms in many states don't allow phones to be on. They and everyone must be have consent to have their voice recorded. So let's see how that happens. But this is just an expansion of artificial intelligence. That's very interesting. I thought you might want to know about it. Okay, well, let's talk interest rates, folks. The Federal Reserve continues its hawkish market reset. They have raised interest rates again and expect, if you haven't already seen it in in your market, mass, mass problems when it comes to the real estate market. When you have an increase in interest rates like we've had, that is a big problem for housing. Interest rates are like the mother's milk of housing. And if you cut it off, you're in big trouble. And And when you've had these massive increases in interest rates, it just puts a lot of things to a stop. That came from Pulte Capital CEO, Bill Pulte, on uh, Fox with Maria Bartiromo. So let's just talk about this last week. Mortgage interest rates, the 30-year rate went to 6.48 and the 15-year went to 5.73, both uh, having moved up from the previous week. Man, I got a 2.99 on my home here in Utah the year before last. And I think those rates were still, those those were still the rates going into early last year. So literally, it's more than doubled being over uh, 6% unless you go for a 15 year and I went for a 30 year fixed. Now, here is the big telltale sign, folks. The cancellation rate on new construction KB Homes released its quarter four, uh, quarter four report, which indicated that they saw 68% cancellation on new construction projects. 2023 is going to be a bloodbath. Not trying to be the doomsayer, just trying to be the reporter giving you a heads up. All right, let's talk about Don Jr.'s ambitious plan. He aims to build up a parallel economy. President Donald Trump's eldest son, Donald Trump Jr., who we and he himself, I think, uh, lovingly refers himself as Don Jr., 
said that he is launching his, as I reported before, his new Rumble show podcast later this month. But he, what he wants to do is build a, what he dubs a, quote, parallel economy of co- of companies and platforms that do not silence conservatives. Turns out that when he was shopping this show around, he decided on Rumble because he wants to take on the big tech tyranny. Now, I know a lot of you folks, and rightfully so, I understand, say, BCP, James, go over to Rumble. I... With all due respect, I'm not a fan of Rumble. Not of what they're not trying to do, but as a creator on that platform, it doesn't work for me. Let's just say it works for a lot of people. It doesn't work for me. They they don't promote. I don't. It's it's not something that that I can feel that I can grow organically, and that that system helps me. For instance, our show BCP Unfiltered, we have tens of thousands of people that have been shown or have gone over to see our content over there. Now, most of those uh, are not seeing all of our content, but we're having eyeballs. I have two people assigned to me by locals that have video calls with me, Zoom calls with me to see how I'm doing, help me build, help promote me, and what have you. And that's when I was on there with like 100 people, but they knew that I had a presence on YouTube. They know that I had I had the program uh, BCP Unfiltered on another thing and they they wooed me onto their platform and they support me. Now, Rumble might be doing that for other folks like Don Jr., but they're not doing that for all creators and they're not doing that for me. So that is why I'm not building on Rumble, if you're asking. Even with all of the craziness going on this platform, people are still coming here for my reporting. So this is where I'll be. And then because this is their platform and we have to play by YouTube's rules, then the things that uh, they don't allow here, we do on our other show. But what I like is this overall idea of building a parallel economy. There should be not just YouTube. There should be a Rumble and a Locals and maybe a couple other that are total free speech platforms that allow left and right to be on there. And then you can just figure out what part of that platform you want to be on. That's how it used to be on YouTube and other platforms. And that's how it is, except for conservative commentary. For instance, I talk to my kids. They see stuff on YouTube I never see because they're into, they're younger. They're in their, you know, they're 17, 19, and uh, in their early 20s. And they're into things like pop culture and their music groups and their sub-genres of movies they like. I never see those things. That's why it was ridiculous to me that they would stop conservative content. People who are, don't want conservative content probably aren't going to see conservative content. Like, I'm just not going to see the latest in K-dramas that my daughter likes to see. This is what Don Jr. said. I've been a big believer in that. I've been a big proponent of that. I've probably the second real big verified user on Rumble for over two years. We just We're just taking it to the next level because I believe in these companies. A big focus of what I've been doing sort of outside of my daily duties is finding those same companies who are starting in front of the parallel economy where current servers are saying, well, you're there, you're canceling my insurance and you're canceling my banking or you're canceling my phone or whatever it may be because I'm a conservative. And just because I'm a concerned parent doesn't make me a domestic terrorist despite what the FBI has been saying. So it sounds like if we try to break this down, 
that this parallel economy of companies he's working with are insurance companies, banks, phone companies. Interesting. And of course, the FBI, we know, have been very intertwined with Twitter. So he's launching his podcast, Triggered with Don Jr., and he's going to it's going to be a live format. He's going to have long-form commentary and in-depth interviews with key newsmakers. So he said, this is what he said, I think there's an emergency market as evidenced by the tanking in the share price of Disney and Netflix, where Americans and conservatives in particular are finally saying, you know what? They're not cheap anymore. We're not going to let them jam their crap down our throats ad nauseum and pretend that we're supposed to be fine with it. And we're not going to be belittled and called racist because we don't want that. I think I've been sort of being a spokesperson for not just the red state economy, but for platforms who are willing to fight for free speech. So I'm I look, I wish Don Jr. massive success on Rumble. I I hope to be on Rumble one day. I hope to be on Rumble one day as a platform that I can build on in addition to other platforms. I've learned that I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket. And I wish Don Jr. much success. And all of all those companies that he's working with, with his very ambitious and big plan. And there are others who have expressed uh, something as similar as well. And I see this comment almost every single day now. Wouldn't it be awesome if Elon Musk or someone like him also bought Google YouTube? I guarantee you that's not going to happen because that is definitely a deep state thing. And these people are power hungry. I don't think that's ever going to happen at Alphabet. Alphabet is the Google name, the parent company. All right, folks, let's get into the latest on GarageGate and Joe Biden. His lawyers today, MLK Day Monday, confirmed that there are no visitor logs for Joe Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. Now, people have crunched the numbers and Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation in Wilmington and his Rehoboth Beach homes in Delaware, and there are no visitor logs. We have no idea who has visited the Biden home in Delaware because the service, the Secret Service has claimed, and they did this months ago, that they have no record of who's coming and who's going. This is a bigger scandal now, of course, now that we know that there are top secret, or at least classified documents at his Wilmington home and in his garage that he shouldn't have in the first place and yet people are coming and going and we don't know who they are. Now, if you're if you're curious about the uh, Secret Service, uh, they also stated on Sunday that while the details assigned to the home, they do not record visitors, quote, we don't independently maintain our own visitor logs because it's a private residence. But they keep tabs on everybody else, don't they? Does that even sound right? Just because it's the it's the president's private residence, they don't keep tabs of who's coming and going. But the FBI keeps tabs on mothers that don't want CRT taught to their children in their local school districts. They're keeping tabs, folks. They just don't want to let us know or they're doing it through some other channel. Republicans on Capitol Hill demanded the visitor logs this weekend following revelations that Biden's lawyers had discovered a stash of classified documents inside the home's garage. When asked who is coming and going out of Biden's home, 
Remember, the White House told us it's none of our business. Let's go back to the year before last when Jun Saki said, quote, I can confirm we, we are not going to be providing information about the comings and goings of the president's grandchildren or people visiting him in Delaware. Like trying to equate that Joe is just having his grandchildren visit him. We know that's a bunch of malarkey or in modern day parlance BS. Now, Fox News has uh, uh, Mar- Maria Bartiromo had said, according to her, surf- her sources, quote, I know Biden's on the phone all the time with Obama and I'm hearing he's running things from behind the scenes, uh, close quote. And back in April of 2021, Saki did confirm that this was true. Quote, Biden speaks to Obama regularly, but we're not going to read out those calls. Look, if Obama is showing up all the time, which I doubt he is, there are telephones and other ways for them to have private conversations. I really don't want to have a problem with that in that it's not something we don't already know that's happening. We know that this is the third term of the Biden administration. And just as Obama said, he's in a bunker or a basement somewhere running the show along with his other Soros agents. That's not what we're concerned about, really, because we know that's happening. What we're concerned about, who are the Chinese, Ukrainian, Iranian, Russians, or their agents who may be meeting with Biden, who in the green energy sector, how about people from other countries, people from Burisma who have made money off of the Bidens? What are they up to and why are they visiting the Bidens? Well, we don't know because we don't even know who they are. And this is where Trump is taunting Joe Biden. This is where uh, Trump has something to say. President Trump today taunted Joe Biden after White House lawyers claim there are no visitor logs at Biden's Wilmington home. This is what the White House counsel told Fox News. Like every president in decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. But upon taking office, President Biden restored the Norman tradition of keeping the White House visitors' logs, including publishing them regularly after the previous administration ended them. Trying to dig at President Trump. Well, here's what President Trump had to say. Truthing out, quote, The White House just announced that there are no logs or information of any kind of visitors to the Wilmington home and flimsy, unlocked, and unsecured, but now very famous garage. Maybe they're smarter than we think. This is one of the seemingly many places where highly classified documents are stored in a big pile on the damp floor. Mar-a-Lago is a highly secured facility with security cameras all over the place and watched over by staff in our great secret service. I have info on everyone. Is he trolling Biden or knowing what's really going on by saying he has info on everyone? But he also taunts, in other ways, Joe Biden saying that his home is has uh, got a damp floor and the documents are stored in a big pile. I guarantee you that President Trump knows a lot more about what's going on with those documents than he is letting on. All right, here is a fail story for Martin Luther King Jr., which is even stupider in many ways or rivals it 
I don't know. I think that $5 million black reparation for people who were never slaves, paid by people who were never slave masters, in a state that never had slaves, in a state that's very, very friendly to black folk, I don't know. Maybe this is not as ridiculous as that. I'll let you be the judge. Radical left Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee out of Texas is so blinded by racial hatred that she is dumb, too dumb to see how much legislation, how such legislation will hold up in court. What is a, what is a legislation? It's this. She has introduced a bill that can make criticism of non-white individuals by whites a federal crime. This has to be the worst of the anti-free speech laws ever. You want me to talk about Obama? Uh, Mikhail, uh, Michelle, or Barry? You want me to talk about Sheila Jackson Lee? And I guess by current interpretation, you want me to talk about the vice president either? This bill would make white people criticizing minorities a federal offense. Criticizing them. And of course, she's too dumb to even realize that even in most leftist courts, at least today, this wouldn't hold up. Redstate.com. It may be MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, but Democrats aren't here for all that content of character stuff. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, long in the running for being the most vapid member of Congress. Oops, did I just commit a crime? Oh, this writer, this writer's funny. This writer, this writer made her funny and are apparently white. Has introduced legislation that can make political criticism by white people against Marty's a federal crime. And what can only be called a convoluted mess, the bill proposes that a white person who vilifies any non-white person and has their words end up on social media accessible by persons who are predisposed to engaging in any action in furtherance of white supremacy-inspired hate crime would themselves be committing a federal crime. The provision is so broad that you could drive a mat truck through it. What is a white supremacy-inspired hate crime under the statute? Etc., etc. You know, this is so stupid, I feel stupid even reporting on it. I honestly do. Here's another stupid thing happening over in New York. Governor Hochul, Kathy Hochul, is ramping up the state's crusade against cigarette smokers. They are looking at a sin tax, not syntax or syntax, but a sin, a tax on sin. The report, uh, the New York media is reporting that the the Democratic governor, who by the way, barely hung on to the gubernatorial position. She got when Andrew Cuomo resigned. Has proposed a plan to hike the cigarette tax in New York by another dollar to $5.35. But she also legalized marijuana sales for recreational use in New York last month. So, let okay, look. You smoke cigarettes and you smoke marijuana. They're both bad for your lungs and they both have very similar effects having to do with the inhalation of smoke. Some would even argue that the damage nicotine does, and I'm not a scientist, but I understand that that's worse 
for you, your health than marijuana, which has other effects. But essentially, you're smoking two things. One is being villainized. The other one is getting the blessing. And when asked about her support of recreational use, she said that her move to support that was, quote, centered around equity and will somehow revitalize communities currently strewn with garbage, overrun by mentally ill vagrants, infested with rats, and plagued by rampant crime. Close quote, according to Emma Jo Morris over at Breitbart News. Hmm. Doesn't make much sense. But once again, almost everything that the left do is nonsensical. Let's end with a good news story coming out of a very leftist state. We're talking about Illinois, which of course is leftist because of the big cities, but the rest of the outside of the state is not as leftist as many people outside the state think. And we have this. There are a hundred and two, is it? A hundred and two or 105, someone correct me down below, counties in the state of Illinois and 80 counties sheriffs are making it very clear that they are not uh, are going to be enforcing the assault weapons ban that Democrat Governor Pritzker signed into law. Pritzker office released a statement upon his signing of the bill. It highlighted the registration requirement. The new law also requires existing owners of semi-automatic rifles to register their ownership, ensuring that law enforcement knows the location of these weapons of war and who to hold accountable if they fall into the wrong hands. In other words, a de facto gun registry. Edwards County Sheriff Darby Bow was quick to clarify that he will not be enforcing the ban. He referred to the semi-automatic rifle ban as a clear violation of the Second Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And I have my answer here. There are 102 counties. 80 of those have sheriffs that uh, will not mandate compliance with Pritzker's gun ban. So, one win for our Bill of Rights. Please like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget to check out our sister channel here on YouTube, The BCP Report. We'll be back much later. I I might do a midnight show. Nah, but I might, but I'm not sure. Either way, make sure you like, share, and subscribe and get notified if I do change my mind.